0: Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Less Manifest. Today we're actually going to be talking with someone who is pretty dope and interesting, and I would almost say quite mystical and intriguing. And he's going to talk with me about why he is not a rapper but he's an artist and the cool thing about this story is that as you hear him speak about his passion of art you'll understand exactly why the title of the, the episode actually makes sense one of the things that he said was my work attempts to regain the things that were taking away from my people Things such as power, culture, the idea of self, and the idea of being black and proud. Les Man and Feast listeners, welcome Ludwig in Koth.
1: Hey guys, thank you for having me.
0: Yes, welcome. I am super glad that you are here. And just because I probably did not give your name its proper glory, I would like you to tell the audience exactly how to pronounce your name. Of course.
1: It's pronounced uh, Ludovic and Ludovic and Karl.
0: Yes, I just love the way it rolls off. Um, <laughs> today we're we're going to be we're going to be talking about you and how you got into art and all the cool things growing up all the way to present that you've been working on and you know anything else that you want to share with us. But mm-hmm. before we do that, let's have some fun. Let us start with quick trivia. So this game does not require you to think too much. in fact, I am going to tell you to say whatever comes to mind first that way we yeah that way we keep it real authentic and then we will we'll do about five of these and then we'll get started right. cool cool all right the first question what is the name of the toy boy toy cowboy in toy Story? uh it starts with an H. Um, ugh. howdy, Woody, 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 Woody. <laughs> wow, Woody, that was cool. I'm calling him Toy Cow, Toy Boy, Toy. You know, so both of us, both of us, but it's Woody. That is the Woody. correct answer. Close. It rhymes with howdy. <laughs> it rhymes with howdy, which is what cowboys say. So, <laughs> next question: What is something you hit with the hammer? A nail. Oh, okay, cool. You got that one. Question three, whose nose grew longer every time he lied? Pinocchio. Oh, that was too easy. (laughs) (laughs) That was too easy. You're taking the light on me. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, you know what? That was way too, too easy. How about how many planets are in our solar system?
1: Eight ah oh,
0: dang that was too easy for you too
1: okay no it wasn't easy i'm gonna tell you a secret <laughs> i'm a nerd when it comes to space and space exploration so
0: ah, oh, see we're learning new things already we oh, didn't even man. get into the interview oh man Don't that is <laughs> no i was like that is actually pretty cool and the final question what's the response to see you later alligator
1: you just smile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good answer. The real answer is in a wild crocodile.
1: Oh, I yeah. I'll be honest, I've never heard a response to that.
0: I think people just say yeah. They they probably do say something like yeah, or they smile or or they right. kinda give you like a thumbs up. <laughs> because I feel like saying anything
1: else could make the situation very awkward and <laughs> How do you leave after that?
0: (laughs) Right. It's like, I guess we're just going to be in this weird moment together. (laughs) Sort of, kind of. Well, speaking of moments, so tell the listeners a little bit about about yourself and when you started. And we want to start to go into what inspired you to become an artist. Of course. Um,
1: I'm Cameroonian born and raised till about the age of uh, 14. I think what really got me into art was the idea of creating um, a world that was um, way different from the world that I was currently living in. Because growing up in a uh, Cameroon, uh, my family and I didn't have a lot. So a lot of the times I didn't have some of the toys that I saw other kids play with. So I was always hands-on trying to create these toys or these, uh, spaces for myself. So I think, um, having to find these little things as a kid just allowed me to be creative at a young age. And I just kept nurturing that, uh, urge to create and that's how all this started happening.
0: Wow. So have you ever made toys? Did you make Uh, your own toys?
1: I used to, I remember these, uh, memories vividly so i used to take things apart or uh find old electronics and i take them apart and try to rebuild them with different components and trying to make them into things that i haven't seen before and just making it work differently than the way it was supposed to or intended to work as
0: Hmm. wow and which was your favorite? Like, what's one of the the recreated toys that you made that was like
1: super cool? Uh, we used to uh, make this little car toys that we used to actually push around with a stick. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I wish I, I'm gonna try to describe it because I can't really, um, I don't even know how to describe this. But so what you do, you get some a few sticks and you. Pretty much shape it into uh, a car shape with a plastic bottle also sometimes. And then what you do, you cut up uh, some slippers, soles, the bottom of the slippers into circles. So those would be your tires. And then you attach those to um, the water bottle. And then what you do is the front wheels on the center, you attach a long stick that you'll be holding, so you go around town pushing that around and that would be your toy.
0: Oh, you know, that actually reminds me, it does remind me of a toy that I have seen children play with that sort of it is a it's a it's supposed to be a car or a motor or something to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some type of toy. Mm-hmm. But I do remember there being wooden versions of toys like that, where there was a string and kids would drag it around, kind of like how there's trucks, like mm-hmm. little kids have um, these trucks that sometimes they put their toys in and they kind of drag the toys along with them. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's along the same lines.
1: Yeah, 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 and it's funny because all the kids would try to have, you know, the best car or the fastest car or whatever. So we all would meet up on the around the neighborhood pushing the same cars and stuff. So,
0: (laughs) so there was some competition in that too. So you weren't just creating, you were getting a competitive edge from a younger age. Oh, I've
1: been competitive since I got out of the stomach to be honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then, and again, so speaking of being competitive, how has that work to your advantage because I'm just painting the picture for, for the listeners. So you were in Cameroon, you migrated to the U S around like 14. I'm guessing then it was finish high school into college. And then you went where, like, after, what was, what after, was that like? Um college? Mm-hmm. Or uh, college was straight into being an artist. Um, I was actually, to me,
1: I know there's like the difference between or per sec, you can't see me but I'm using quotation uh, <laughs> quotes but I would, I've considered myself an artist since high school to be honest uh, because that's where I actually started getting recognition uh, around for my work and I had a few teachers that were encouraging me to enter competitions and you know things started moving slowly with that but after undergrad, I went straight to um, get my master's and I'm actually in a master program right now too.
0: Oh my goodness. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's dope. So your competitive edge came from, again, you having hands-on experience from an early age mm-hmm. and then getting that support as a teen, which is usually people would say the, your teenage years are kind of like the critical years mm-hmm. to... What shapes you, you know, in terms of guiding you into the direction of where you should go? So you were already being encouraged and guided. And then you go to higher education, you complete that, and then it's you are opening a studio or what happened after that? Were you painting for or creating pieces directly for for people, uh, like individual purchase, is, or was it a little both? During
1: uh, undergrad? Or after. Um yeah so a little bit after undergrad things started picking up where I always had a studio where I was living in South Carolina that's where I went to undergrad and um I rent started renting my own studio at the age of I think 19 or 18 I'm not too I can't recall to be honest but I remember I used to have this small space that I could only fit myself in And that's when I started pushing uh, the work more and started creating solely for myself and getting a few sales around uh, town and went from town to around the state, went from the state to around the country. And then, you know, things started branching out. And after moving to New York, uh, things really, really started picking up really, really quickly. And now we're here.
0: And now we're here. And when I started this episode, I read a quote that you actually said, and you said your work attempts to regain the things that were taken away from your people. Mm -hmm. When you said that quote, what was going on? Um,
1: I think the idea of self is something that's constructed based on your surroundings and pretty much saying that you're a product of your environment. So in my country and in the majority part of Africa, what I was thinking about is that, uh, for example, the idea of voodoo was never um, a negative thing to us and to my people and to my ancestors. You know, voodoo was always just a way for them to uh, be in touch with, you know, nature, their ancestors, and just their surrounding. It was a way for them to celebrate uh, mm-hmm. personhood. But during colonization, that's when uh, European came and influenced and brainwashed the people, telling them that voodoo is the devil's work. And that's when Christianity was introduced to them, erasing the beliefs that they already had. So with the work that I'm creating, I'm highlighting some of these things like voodoo and reintroducing it to the mass population as a thing of beauty, as a thing that was just meant for us to celebrate each other, rather than, you know, having this negative connotation that has been associated with it. hmm
0: hmm And then speaking of negative connotations, I introduced you saying that you're an artist, not a rapper. And I think what what happens, and this is something you and I talked about before recording this episode, but what happens oftentimes is that when someone hears of a black artist, mm-hmm. they are not thinking beyond entertainment. Yeah. So they're thinking of art in the terms of entertainment. But you're not a rapper at all. You're not entertaining people, you're educating people, of right? Of course, of course. Through your art. And what I wanted to ask you was, what are some of the challenges you face as an artist?
1: Um, bringing it back to that rapper phase, which I actually now adapted as, you know, as a performance piece for, you know, part of my um, art career, and that originated from going to uh, shows and introducing myself, you know, to the art world and just to people that I was encountering in these journeys as an artist you know whenever anyone asks me hey what do you, what are you into what do you do i introduce myself as an artist and more than often enough the people will ask me what kind of music do you make you are a rapper and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> you know that's always the first thing that they will go to you know asking if i'm a rapper or what kind of music do i make and i have to always had to set hold myself and tell them that no i'm actually not a rapper you know i people of color and men that look like myself we can do more than you know just rap or play sports you know we can actually create too so i had to educate a few people on you know my craft and telling them that no i'm not a rapper i'm actually a painter and you should see the reaction on their faces all the time they're like oh wow you you actually paint i'm like yeah man you know (laughs) why is this such a surprise
0: Right. Well, well, we know why it's a surprise because culturally it's almost as if that's all that's expected of us Mm -hmm. is to be entertainers and to use gifts and talents that we have for for that, instead of it being seen as, you know, this is just a profession Um, for those people that are in those fields, you know, we celebrate them, but that's their profession and your profession is artistry, but when you are just looked upon and assumed to be <laughs> an artist of entertainment, then, then yeah, it kind of does make you wonder exactly why we're so limited to only being football. Well, I would say, I won't even say just football, but like, why are we so limited to being placed in the box of sports, um, music, and like TV or movies or what have you? Like, why can't we be, or Why is it that we're not always seen as people that have much more, (laughs) much more um, creative outlets than just those? You know, like, Mm -hmm. why is it always that? And I, I don't know exactly where it came from, but it is something that I find it to be really frustrating. So I'm happy that you have changed that narrative when people do assume that of you where you teach them like, no, that's not what I'm about at all. (laughs) Like I'm an artist and actually paint and, you know, you use your, your work to tell a story and then to, you know, reclaim some of the things that were stolen from us. And one probably being our identity.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, with that, it's got, it got to the point that, you know, after telling a few people that, you know, I'm not a rapper, I'm a painter and i just got tired of having to you know explain myself so i took on you know the personality of a rapper actually and what i did is i printed out a photo of myself you know dressed as what someone would maybe recognize as a rapper per se and Mm -hmm. that's what is on my studio door when you come into my studio you know it's a big picture right it greets you saying i'm a rapper not an artist (laughs) so you flipped it yeah yeah. so now whenever i because now now and i also did that because now i have a little more power whereas i'm recognized in the art world here in the city you know so Mm -hmm. whenever i go to these shows even my shows uh sometimes people just ask what do you do i'm like no i'm a rapper you know and you know one person in a group will always recognize me and say, "You're not a rapper. You're a little bit." Right. And I'm like, "Oh, okay. So now you guys are doing your homework. You know,
0: right? Thank you're you. Paying attention. Yeah, you're paying attention. Yeah." And and I think that it's good that you you're playing with it, right? So you're playful with it. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I do think that 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 self awareness is mm-hmm. important for people to know when they are coming into your studio or or if they're just engaging with Black men in general, mm-hmm. for them to be aware, for them to know that you don't need to make assumptions just because exactly. someone says one thing, don't lump everyone into. Yeah, it's, it's very limiting. Thing. It is extremely limiting. It is. And I think that sometimes it's almost setting the wrong message mm-hmm. or sending the wrong message because then it, it kind of makes it, you wonder like, what does a rapper look like? Is it just because I'm black? Like what's going right. on? What's
1: right, going right. On? <laughs> exactly. And that's what it all comes down to, you know, is it just because I'm black? You know, if, if I wasn't black and I told you I'm an artist, would you have guessed a visual artist? And right. even more uh, crazy because most of the time we're in, you know, art spaces, you know? So mm-hmm. it's crazy that you would guess that, I'm a rapper while we're both in an art
0: gallery. Right. Came to my, yeah, it's, right. weird. it's that's awkward. Um, but speaking of, you know, the gallery and being there. So paint the picture of what it's like when someone comes to experience your work, because again, you want people to come see you, right? So you want them to come check you out. So what can they expect being in gallery in studio with you
1: um well with my work you know a lot of the people that i uh, portray in my work are people that you know have been maybe through the same experiences as myself or people that could relate to these experiences and most of the time people that look like myself you know because i think representation is very important especially right. in uh these spaces that haven't have not always been welcoming to people that look like myself you know Mm -hmm. uh i would say at a show of mine or at a studio visit you know you can expect to be educated and living with leaving the space with uh, a sense of maybe hope or whenever you're in front of the pieces i like i want the viewer to feel at times Mm -hmm. as if they're are familiar with the people that are being portrayed in the paintings or even they could resonate with the problems or the struggles that these people that are being portrayed on these canvases, uh, are going through, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and I always aim to educate, educate, because I think education is power. You know, no one can take that away from you.
0: Speaking of educating, one of the the most powerful posts I think that you recently put up on Instagram was holding on to hope. Mm. And that image was very, very, very inspiring. But it was also to me, it was it was like I experienced sadness as well as joy. So although I felt proud, I still felt sad because the fact that we have to hold on to hope and hope is just supposed to be quote unquote free.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. It, not, not for us. Apparently.
0: <laughs> exactly. Not for us. And it, that's what made me sad because I was like, we have to hold on to it while others are freely hopeful,
1: uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. you know? Um, tell us about that painting.
1: Uh, So that painting, you know, came out of this whole uh, pandemic that we're going through, you know, And I had to run away from, not really run away, but I had to leave New York because I knew how crazy uh, the place would get because, you know, we have the biggest public transportation in the world. So I knew New York was going to get hit hard. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to get out of the city approximately, you know, Whenever the news started getting into the city about people being uh, infected with the virus, mm-hmm. I made my way back down south where I still have family, and okay. I was fortunate enough to have a small space there where I can create as well. So the piece hopeful came out of feeling as if I'm being trapped in you know this box which was my studio at the uh, down south, and that studio also had this red wall so. These red walls could also be a representation of, you know, danger or love, whichever way you want to uh, use it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But on the other hand, that same piece is also a direct representation of what it's like being a black man in this country. You know, you're we're caged in in this uh, in these small spaces that we um, frequent with not a lot for anything. And holding on to hope is, in a sense, me saying that better days are to come or Mm -hmm. I'm still hopeful for better days. So I'm going to do my part to inspire the next generation and hopefully they will see better days even if I don't get to experience those days.
0: Wow. Paying it forward. Of course. And I think that that's what we're all doing, right? In our Mm -hmm. own way, we're all paying it forward. Mm. I wanted to ask you, what are some or who are some of the people that inspire you?
1: Ah, man, so many people. Uh, I would say my family is a huge inspiration to me because I know how hard they've worked, uh, especially for my parents. I know how hard they've worked for myself and my brothers to be Alive and in this uh, country, and that's always something that keeps me going. And also, my friends and my peers in my uh, field keep me very motivated and inspired. Just seeing the things that they're doing in the world, and especially with these specific times, a lot of uh, my peers and I have been donating, you know, to charities and however help we can uh, give out. We've been doing that and. Yeah, that's pretty much just life is inspiring right now, to be honest.
0: Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> there's so much going on that, yeah, I, I can see it being quite inspirational as well as at times it could probably be overwhelming, right? Like yeah, right now. A lot
1: happening. Yeah, right now I would say it's more overwhelming than inspiring because uh, a lot of the times for me to feel like I'm making my best work. I need to be comfortable in the space that I'm creating. Mm -hmm. But with this lockdown, I'm not very comfortable in a space that I'm creating because I'm stuck in my own apartment. And I personally don't enjoy creating in my living space because I need to feel, I, I need to have a different relationship with the space that I create in, if that makes any sense. I need it to feel like a space that I go to create. Well, so. I,
0: I think that I think a lot of people listening can relate to that one because <laughs> everybody's working. You know, for the people that are working from home, I'm sure that that's exactly how they feel. You know, yeah. the office has now moved into their personal space mm-hmm. where they sought solace from the office, and now you're 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 supposed to produce and be productive in this space. But where's that line of you know, I, I need to still have my safe haven, but then I still have my work mm-hmm. <laughs> with it's me. Tough. That's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. tough. Yeah, it's, it's very tough. So I'm sure everyone, for the most part, can relate to that, that mm-hmm. feeling stuck and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I've just been trying to remind myself that it's okay not to, you know, paint every day. It's okay not to feel inspired, you know there's a lot Mm -hmm. going on and I've been also focusing a lot of, I mean, focusing a lot on, uh, mental health and just Mm -hmm. being healthy. Mentally and physically.
0: Yeah. It's important. I love to see this thing. It's okay to not be okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it being a black man, it takes a lot for us to be uh, vulnerable because speaking from, uh, Example, I I wasn't always raised that way, you know, especially growing up in Africa as a black man. So it's OK not to be OK. It has been something that I've been reminding myself a lot lately and just trying to uh, take better care of myself, you know.
0: Right. Which is important because then again. The longer, well, the better you take care of yourself. The theory is that the longer you'll be here, so that you can, you know, inspire, encourage, and empower others with your gifts and talents. Right,
1: and there's no art without the artist. So there you go. You Got to make sure I stay here too.
0: You got to stay here. We need you here. And the question I have for you is: What is what? What advice, other than you know, telling people to take care of yourself, do you have for listeners that may be interested in pursuing a career in the arts?
1: Oh wow! You know, I I always love this question because I remember being that person looking for advice and going on you know a thousand websites just looking for interviews for from artists that i look up to so this is always my favorite question but i would say throughout this journey the most inspirational um thing that i've gotten from it is just keep going you know even when things get hard keep going if you have um a plan keep working on it till it works you know stick to it till it sticks to you and Also, one thing that my father always told me and my brothers is you cannot plant mangoes expecting avocados. So with that, we've always laughed at that saying, but Mm -hmm. as I've grown older, I've realized exactly what it means. So with that, he meant you always get out what you put in. So
0: Mm -hmm.
1: whatever you want whatever life you want to live in the future, you have to put in the work for that right now. And whatever goals you want to see flourish, you have to work for them right now while you still can. So I would mm-hmm. just say, just keep going and believe in yourself. That's, it sounds, it sounds very surface, but trust me, it goes a long
0: way. Very deep, yeah. yeah because self-doubt usually is what gets you yeah, exactly, exactly. Our self-talk is often the loudest talk. Yeah, especially
1: especially for being in the creative field, too. That's not something that's always uh, celebrated in, you know, the black communities. You know, I I remember when I was going to high school, telling my parents that I want to be an artist. You know, it was always a shock and always a weird conversation to have. But, you know, I believed in myself and I made them believe in me with the work that I put in. So and now we're here.
0: And now we're here. Okay. So parents listening, believe in your children. Believe in <laughs> your children. And encourage them. Yeah, right? it's, so, that's so important. Encourage that's where it them. Starts. Encourage them. Even yes. if it
1: seems bogus, it's, it's like... Exactly. You can do it. Exactly. There's no such thing as a crazy dream. All there's no things. such thing as a crazy dream.
0: I like it. And on top of there's no such thing as a crazy dream, all things are truly possible. Now, the thing about believing that all things are truly possible, it goes back to what your dad was saying. So it's like all things are truly possible, but you have to do the work so that you you actually get the result that you're looking for. Of course. Yeah. It's like everything kind of goes hand in hand. Well, anything else that you'd like to share with listeners? Um, Not particularly, but I would say if anyone out
1: there listening ever needs, you know, advice or Any other question for myself, you know, feel free to reach out to me on uh, social media or a quick email. And it might take me some time to answer, but most of the time I use the answer, I'm always open to uh, talk and inspire
0: awesome and your information will be in the show notes so everyone listening you will have a way to connect with ludovic and he is going to respond to you no matter how long it takes he will get to you so
1: be patient. To you. that's that's the promise i don't make a lot of those.
0: <laughs> be patient well thank you so much for spending time with us today and just sharing your story and inspiring myself to continue to be consistent and get things done and pay it forward for those that are coming behind me i appreciate you
1: of course it's it's been a pleasure thank you for having me and having a platform to express myself and tell my story and also to inspire the next generation so it's been a pleasure talking with you
0: absolutely until next time thanks until for listening thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast before you go don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family. Share this with your friends. Share this with your colleagues. Just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's man a feast.